Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening, am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Thursday, November 9th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. In today's PDB, as the IDF pushes into the heart of Gaza City, Hamas leaders make a startling admission about the October 7th attacks. Then, a little later in the program, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken pushes back against Prime Minister Netanyahu's recent comments concerning Israel's post-conflict involvement with Gaza. And as the U.S. and China approach a pivotal summit in San Francisco, China signals a desire to thaw frosty relations. Finally, in the back of the brief, a member of Congress gets censured for comments which appeared to call for an end to the Jewish state. Rashida Tlaib explains that from the river to the sea, at least when she uses the phrase, doesn't mean what you think it means or what tens of millions of people think it means, which, of course, is an end to the Jewish state. But first up, the PDB spotlight. After encircling Gaza City for nearly two weeks and severing it from the rest of Gaza, the Israel Defense Forces, the IDF, have begun their push into the city's heart. This is their most significant advance since the ground offensive commenced over 11 days ago. As Gaza's largest city and a crucial political and administrative center for Hamas, the IDF's penetration into Gaza City marks a new phase in the conflict. Defense Minister Yov Gallant has now confirmed that IDF forces are in the center of Gaza City, having advanced from multiple directions with a concerted effort from land, air, and sea units. This move highlights a pivotal shift from containment to direct engagement in urban areas. According to Israel's military, Hamas has completely lost control over northern Gaza at this point. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari a spokesperson for the Israeli military, told the press, quote, We witnessed 50,000 Gazans migrate from the northern Gaza Strip to the south. They're relocating because they realize Hamas no longer holds power in the north. In other words, with the terror group's grip on Gaza City slipping, Palestinian civilians now feel free to make the trek south out of harm's way. Meanwhile, Hamas leaders have made striking admissions to the New York Times. Khalil al halya a senior member of Hamas's leadership, 
revealed that the group's intention behind the October 7th surprise attack was to instigate a, quote, permanent war against Israel. Al-Haya openly admitted that the attacks had nothing to do with governing Gaza or improving living conditions. He said, quote, This battle was not because we wanted fuel or laborers. It did not seek to improve the situation in Gaza. This battle, he said, is to completely overthrow the situation, end quote. Now, it's no surprise that Hamas leaders don't care about the day-to-day lives of the people they claim to govern. We've discussed that fact repeatedly here on the PDB. Al-Haya, along with other Hamas officials, orchestrate their plans from the comfort of affluent neighborhoods abroad, seemingly indifferent to the suffering and exploitation of Gazans. Indeed, the true center of gravity for Hamas may lie not in Gaza City, but in the luxury and safety of Doha, Qatar, where its political leaders reside and lead lifestyles, frankly, starkly contrasting with those in Gaza. Now, the men at the top of Hamas's food chain, they're not hardened guerrilla fighters or staunch revolutionaries. Reports suggest that the group's top three leaders have a combined net worth of $11 billion. Think about that. The leaders of Hamas are billionaires. Now, for all the useful idiots who've been taking to the streets protesting how the Palestinians are suffering at the hands of Israel, perhaps, perhaps they could ask themselves, would $11 billion or so be useful to the Palestinian residents of Gaza? Schools, hospitals, clean water projects, communications. Yeah, that money siphoned off, stolen by Hamas leadership from the people they were supposedly governing over the past almost 20 years, would most definitely improve the lives and futures of Palestinians. But Hamas doesn't care about the lives and futures of Palestinians. Now, among them is the chief of Hamas's political bureau, 61-year-old Ismail Hanye. We've talked about him before. He's got an estimated personal fortune of $4 billion, enjoying the high life in Qatar and Turkey. His two sons are minor Instagram celebrities and often post pictures of themselves lounging on hotel beds in Istanbul or Doha. Then there's Musa Abu Marzouk, 72 years old. He's considered the second-in-command within the Hamas structure and is a foreign minister of sorts. He's estimated by the Israeli government to be worth $3 billion. And finally, there's Khaled Mashal, who helps manage Hamas's finances and real estate from his sanctuary in Qatar. He's reportedly worth around $4 billion. That's some pretty fine financial management on his part. Now, it's one thing, obviously, to feel sympathy and empathy for the residents of Gaza. That's a good thing. But blindly and unquestioningly accepting the Hamas and Iranian regime-driven narrative that their suffering is because of Israel? Well, Hamas's leadership and command structure directed the torture, rape, and slaughter of men, women, children, and babies, and they've admitted that they won't stop, that they want a permanent war because, as we've discussed, their acknowledged objective is the destruction of Israel. Hamas has spent the past almost 20 years stealing the money that was meant to flow to the residents of Gaza, stealing their futures and depriving them of better lives. Frankly, the best thing that could happen to Gaza, to the people of Gaza, is what Israel is now attempting to accomplish, the destruction of Hamas. All right, after the break, Antony Blinken's warnings to Israel about reoccupying Gaza after the war. 
And are we seeing some positive shifts in U.S.-China relations? I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Welcome back. Yesterday, we reported on comments by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu indicating that Israel could abandon decades of policy and handle Gaza security itself after the conflict is over. The idea being that after the conflict, and until there is a governing structure in place capable of providing security, Israel will need to play a role to ensure Hamas doesn't reconstitute. Well, that idea is getting a chilly reception from the United States. Speaking after a meeting with G7 leaders in Japan on Wednesday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken cautioned Israel against reoccupying Gaza with its own security forces. In his remarks, Blinken advocated for governance by the Palestinian Authority instead of Hamas to avoid repeated attacks in the region. Now, Blinken did not offer specifics on how this would be accomplished. He simply stated that after the conflict, Gaza and the West Bank should be unified under the rule of the Palestinian Authority and that neither area should be used as a platform for terrorism. Okay, in theory, that's a fine thought. The question is how to make it a reality. It's worth noting that even when the conflict ends, this will be a hard sell on both sides. The Palestinian Authority, or PA, leader Mahmoud Abbas is frankly unpopular among his own people with polls showing that roughly 80% of Palestinians in both the West Bank and Gaza wish for him to resign. This is to say nothing of how coalition leaders in Israel feel about the matter. They generally oppose establishing a Palestinian state and see little difference between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. 
Blinken's statement outlining the Biden administration's post-war strategy in Gaza served as a soft rebuke to Netanyahu's remarks during an interview on Tuesday. When asked about Netanyahu's comments, Blinken said he does not believe Israel intends to reoccupy Gaza permanently, but conceded that there would likely be the need for a, quote, transition period following the current conflict. Ultimately, Blinken said there must be a pathway for Israelis and Palestinians to live, quote, side by side in states of their own. Look, there's a complicated history in Gaza involving the Palestinian Authority and the PA's potential to govern there. Essentially, the PA was driven out of Gaza by Hamas. Obviously, Mahmoud Abbas and the PA leadership see an opportunity with this current conflict, and no doubt are secretly wishing Israel success in destroying Hamas. Now, whether the PA could then ease into a governing position in Gaza, unifying the governing structure existing in Gaza and the West Bank under PA authority, well, that's a question that currently doesn't have a clear answer. The problem is that there are very few options, and none of them appear particularly good. The PA could take over responsibility for governing and security in Gaza, or the feckless UN could somehow pull together a consensus and create a peacekeeping force for Gaza, or the Israelis oversee security and governance in the enclave for an undetermined period of time, all while the world postures about a two-state solution which, frankly, neither the Arab world nor Israel seem keen to create. Okay, on a somewhat more optimistic note, we turn our attention to relations between the U.S. and China, which show some signs of thawing despite the current international turmoil. Chinese Vice President Hang Zheng said Wednesday that Beijing is ready to improve relations and hold talks with their counterparts in the U.S. at all levels. The remarks come ahead of an expected meeting next week between President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping at a summit of APEC members in San Francisco. APEC stands for Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. Conflict over a host of issues, including export controls, human rights, and national security, had driven U.S.-China relations to new lows over the past few years. Things only got worse in February of this year after China's alleged surveillance balloon was spotted over North America and eventually shot down. A series of diplomatic visits over the summer by members of the Biden administration, however, began to turn the tide with Communist Party leadership. It appears that if you send enough high-ranking administration officials to kiss enough Chinese regime butt, you can thaw even the frostiest of relations. The highly anticipated meeting between Xi and Biden it could mark the beginning of renewed cooperation. And by cooperation, I mean the U.S. will grant concessions and Xi's intelligence apparatus will continue to steal economic intelligence, critical research and development, and trade secrets. Now, interestingly, among the Chinese people, attitudes towards the U.S. are also trending in an encouraging direction. That's according to a new poll from Morning Consult. A little over a year ago, the poll showed that roughly 80% of the population viewed the U.S. as an enemy. That number plummeted to 48% as of October, and roughly 45% of the Chinese population now view the U.S. as either an ally or, at the very least, friendly. Now, that's a remarkable turnaround. 
within one year, you went from 80% of those surveyed viewing the U.S. as an enemy to only 48% now. It makes you wonder, what happened to shift views so significantly? Could have been all those photos in the Chinese state-sponsored press of U.S. administration officials visiting Beijing. Now, it's far too early to speculate on how serious Xi actually is about easing tensions between the U.S. and China. But, okay, let's be optimistic and say that the recent progress looks encouraging. Just a few days ago, Xi spoke of the importance of, quote, building bridges of friendship between the two countries. Now, look, we should want better relations with China. That makes sense. But perhaps this time around, during these next conversations, we could seriously confront the Xi regime's addiction to economic espionage and their increasingly aggressive acts in the South China Sea and elsewhere. Coming up in the back of the brief, in a rare show of bipartisanship, a number of Democrats, although not as many as you might think, joined with Republicans to censure Michigan Representative Rashida Tlaib over her inflammatory remarks regarding the Israel-Palestine conflict. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now... I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone and PureTalk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value. PureTalk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, we made it through winter. Look at that. And spring, well, it's in full bloom, which of course means summer is just around the corner. You see how I figured that out? And that means more time spent outdoors. Not to mention, you got to get into summer shape, huh? Factor can help you spend less time in the kitchen and make sure you're eating well and meeting your wellness goals. Factor's no prep, no mess meals save time and help with getting and keeping you in great shape for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Seriously, it's going to be beach time soon. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking or cleaning up. Factor is part of our meal routine at the Baker Compound. And I can tell you, food is delicious and it's a complete time saver. Head to factormeals.com pdb50, that's five zero, and use code pdb50 
to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PDB50 at Factormeals.com slash PDB50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. In today's Back of the Brief, we'll turn to Capitol Hill, where the House of Representatives passed a resolution to censure Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib for remarks that many see as a call for the eradication of Israel. This controversy ignited last Friday when Tlaib shared a video showing pro-Palestinian demonstrators chanting, From the river to the sea. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this saying, the full phrase is, From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. It's a reference to the land between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River, which encompasses Israel and the Palestinian territories. It's been historically linked to Palestinian nationalism. Of course, from the river to the sea, it doesn't leave much room for the state of Israel, now does it? That's why the statement is often seen as a call for the elimination of the Jewish state altogether. It's no surprise that Hamas has adopted the slogan as their own. Tlaib defended her comments, insisting the phrase is, quote, an aspirational call for freedom, human rights, and peaceful coexistence, end quote. She explicitly denied that it was a call for violence or hatred. Okay, so the House voted 234 to 188 for the rebuke, with four Republicans opposing the resolution and 22 Democrats supporting it. Representative Steve Cohen of Tennessee, one of Tlaib's Jewish colleagues, expressed particular disdain for the video she posted and her subsequent claim that it didn't mean the elimination of Israel. Cohen said, quote, You can piss on my leg, but don't tell me it's rain. Now, I can't wait to see how the foreign press translates that quote. Tlaib, of course, was warmly supported by the usual suspects, what's become known on Capitol Hill as the Squad, which actually makes them sound cooler than they are. Now, the squad members have a history of condescendingly preaching to the American public that words are violence. Look, you can't swing a dead cat without finding an example of when the squad has played the racism or any sort of ism card against folks who make comments or arguments that they don't like. But apparently, or so we're told by Tlaib and her squad supporters, using a phrase that millions of people see as a call for the eradication of the Jewish state, well, that's not violence. That's just being misunderstood. The performative art was strong with this one. There were tears and there were hugs, quivering upper lips, sad eyes thrown to the media cameras, all designed to convince you that her words were not violence. And that's quite the reversal from her usual position. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Thursday, 9 November. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. 
Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.